Let's go, let's go. Here we go. Let's go is back on the air with the great Tom Brady. Tommy, how you doing, pal? Great, Jim. Great seeing you. And uh, it's good to be Monday after playoff football. It's been was a fun weekend of football to watch. There's still more games to go. Oh, my God. It's it's freezing cold. Tell us about the cold. I mean, I, I just can't get over Andy Reid and, and, and the icicles coming off the mustache and not I wearing know. gloves. And these guys are out there playing. Helmets are broken. Helmets are broken on Patrick Mahomes. That was nuts. Amazing to watch and amazing if you love football because you go from August where every training camp, 95 degrees, 90 degrees, and then you get to playoff football and you have a 100-degree a temperature difference in a, in a real field. And that's just what you deal with over the course of the year and just to see the guys fight through the elements. And it's a mind thing. But, no, it's not a mind thing. It's a real thing when you see the helmets break in and then – you see guys step up and you see guys don't step up. And, you know, there's at the end of the year, you're crowning one team and you got to fight through a lot of shit. And uh, it's great to see these teams battle it out. Let's go is brought to you by Delta Airlines. We know that making it to the playoffs is not the end of the journey. You need resilience and perseverance to keep climbing toward the goal line. Visit Delta.com to book your next adventure. And several of these teams get to book their next adventures. Other are going home. What stood out to you this weekend when you saw, to me, perhaps it was Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers and just the love and the exuberance in Detroit to see that yeah. team win a, win, win a game. And in Houston as well, you know, they played terrific. And then you watch uh, the teams that won played awesome football. So you could look at a, you know, 17 weeks you play and you go 12 and 5 or 13 and 4. The playoffs come, and it's not, it's not a best-of-seven series. It's one game. So when you have a team that just plays incredible, man, you better play incredible. And if you do, it'll be a little bit like the Rams game because the Rams actually played really well too. And you're watching this game, and you go, this is, this is what it's all about. It's guys in the big moments being at their best. And when the team's at their best, like the Packers were yesterday, it had been hard for many of the teams to beat the Packers yesterday. And that the Cowboys were just in the way, and the Cowboys didn't play great. So I love watching it because it's just great theater. It's great art. It's, there's so much that goes into it to get to these moments. And for a fan of the sport to watch all these amazing games, to see the elements, to see all the different storylines, it was, it was a magical weekend of football. Do you find yourself thinking back a little bit upon your journey 22 years ago when you're watching C.J. Stroud as a rookie? Um, I know the circumstances are much different, but just as a young player like that, getting an opportunity and seeing them come to shine in the final seven, eight, nine games of the season and, and then in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and I think we talked to him earlier this year and realized his maturity and his humility and the kind of kid that he is. So I, I think he's got a obviously playing great football, but beyond that, I love seeing these young athletes who embrace the role and responsibility that they have in their community and doing great things on and off the field. And CJ did that in a big moment in a game. And it was just, it was great to see. And I want to see him go do it again. Jim Gray with Tom Brady. We're here on Let's Go. Our program is brought to you by Morton's The Steakhouse. Tender and flavorful in every bite, Morton's The Steakhouse has mastered the art of perfectly cooked USDA prime steak. Visit mortons.com to reserve at any of the 65 worldwide locations. There's a table waiting just for you. Morton's The Steakhouse. 
Tommy, it's only one week, and it's hard to correct a season in one week, but perhaps if the Kansas City Chiefs announce they're not quite ready to give up their title. Yeah, and they've got more opportunities next week to, to continue that path. And I think that they're, they're playoff tested. They've obviously got a quarterback who is going to give them an advantage in any game they play based on his mental and physical toughness and his ability to perform well under pressure and Patrick. So you just can't count those teams out, you know, you, because any week that guy's got the chance to put the team on his shoulders and say, got you guys, we're going to make it through. Do you miss this? Because if there was a time you might miss it, it would, would it be now? I'm perfectly happy watching these games and enjoying it. And I had my time and I love seeing these other guys do it. I mean, obviously there's a, a feeling you get when you're out there and that that's unmatched. And I had that unmatched feeling a lot of times and love watching these other guys deal with that in the moment. This whole coaching carousel, Tommy, this is wild. You got Jim Harbaugh available, Mike Vrabel available, Pete Carroll available, Bill Belichick available. Never at this level, this amount of guys. What, what do you make of this total upheaval and, and, and all this turbulence? Because people who are in place right now may not be in place because these guys are available. Yeah. And these are some tremendous coaches who have proved themselves. Uh, it's, you know, when coaches become free agents, it's like when great players become free agents, you know, hopefully these teams can really evaluate properly what a great coach looks like because you've named four of them right there. Um, and those guys are just, they're phenomenal coaches. So they've, Wherever they decide to go, you know, they get to choose. It was nice when I was a free agent. I got to choose. You know, it'd be nice for these coaches. They get to choose. So there's some great options out there, that's for sure. And, you know, every offseason, the NFL is different. Every time there's coaching changes. But I've never remembered this type of caliber of coach that's been available. In your evaluation, were you picking players? Were you picking an organization? Were you picking money? Were you What, what comes in? What's the pecking order of the evaluation? Uh, in totality, there's a lot of things that people value in different ways. And for I valued probably 25 different things that I wrote down that were of some level of significance, some more than others. And then I just did a very simple kind of analysis. And I rated all those things, all 25. And I added them all up at the end uh, on, a, on a weighted scale. And I saw where the teams that were really um, ahead of the rest. And then ultimately I made my decision. So I think if you're a coach, you know, you want to pick the best possible situation. The best possible situation for a coach may not be his most desired place, may not be, you know, every place. I think the one thing you realize about the NFL, it's hard to pick a head coach, right? It's hard because you just, there's a lot of things that need to go right. But you know what? Every day in the NFL is hard. You better be willing to make tough decisions every day who to give the contract to, who to, you know, let walk in free agency. All these choices are difficult. And the teams that make the difficult choices as often as possible, and not saying there's right, there's good ones and the bad ones. You're not going to get them all right. But you've got to be, you've got to be willing to deal with the challenging decisions as best as possible. And um, sometimes it's bringing someone in. Sometimes it's taking someone out. Sometimes it's, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of tough decisions and you got to be tough minded to deal with them. A lot going on here in the National Football League. We'll talk about it some more. We got Julian Edelman and Randy Moss coming up next. Our show is brought to you by K Jewelers. 
It's the last day to save on thousands of new and gift-worthy styles at K. Don't miss these big savings. Exclusions do apply. Visit K.com for details. Stay with us. Moss, Edelman, Brady, Fitzgerald, and Gray will return here in just a moment on Let's Go on Sirius XM. I'm Jake Mintz. And I'm Jordan Schusterman, and we are the hosts of Baseball Barbacast. If you're listening to Tom Brady's podcast and you're thinking, I wish I knew more about the last active athlete to be drafted by the Montreal Expos, then boy, do we have a baseball podcast for you. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're talking about Tom Brady. No, mostly we're talking about baseball, and you should join us and download Baseball Barbacast on the SXM app, available with all of our trials and popular plans, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That's B-A-R-B-Cast. Let's go! Let's go. Here we go. Got a couple of special guests, the great Randy Moss, Julian Edelman. I'm Jim Gray, along with Tom Brady. Larry Fitzgerald joins us shortly. We're brought to you by American Express. You know, it's easy to get excited about going to the game. You love hearing the sound of the whistle, smelling the game day concessions all the way from your seat. It's the stuff that give you the thrill of the game. And you know that Amex is going to be with you every step of the way, because when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Tommy, bring us into the huddle with these two guys. This is something. They need no introduction. They are two of the greatest players I've played with. Randy Jean from West Virginia, one of my <laughs> my guy. We just had an amazing time together since the day we met. Love him to death. He's a great friend, a great person. Is doing great things in his life and his career. And great dad and just a great person. And then, of course, Julian, my little brother that I never had and never wanted and, uh, <laughs> ended up, you know, just Love you too, uh, bro. Love you too. being, uh, being, being just an amazing friend to me over a long period of time. So love having them on and let's get into it. So Randy it's 2009. You've got this seventh round quarterback. Who's not really a quarterback walking to the receiver room. Were you scared of, of, of Julian taking your job? Let's be honest. No, really, really, <laughs> really what, what I was, <clears throat> most intrigued about him changing positions and the one thing that I told Julian I don't know if he remembered this and I said man I want to take this more as a challenge you know me being the veteran of the group and uh take it more of a challenge that he will go out here and have some type of success I didn't expect Julian Elton to be, become one of the greats and uh one of the greatest in the postseason uh NFL history but to be honest with you, Tom, I just really took it as a challenge, you know, for him to not be looked at as a quarterback, the position change, and, and so so on and so on. But I just took it more as a challenge to make sure he could go out there and just make some type of plays. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't imagine he was going to do what he did, though. You guys didn't ask me how it was for a, a, a guy trying to change positions and walks in and you got three-time Super Bowl champ Tom Brady who – is in the prime of his career. You got the greatest receiver of all time, Randy Moss, walking through the damn cafeteria. You got little Wes Welker walking around. I'm sitting here thinking this is going to be great and dandy. And then I watch you guys practice. I'm like, I'm nowhere near on that level. Randy was the guy. Yeah, he was. He gave you tough love. But when people weren't watching and when we were by ourselves, Randy would always like love me up because he knew I was battling mentally through the struggles of trying to make this crazy team. I mean, the team 
we had a lot of players in that room that were very viable players. I mean, we traded for Joey Galloway. We trade. We got uh, Greg Lewis, and Randy kind of just sat back and watched. And he would always kind of give me little tidbits here and there. And you know, as the rookie receiver of the room, I'd have to go in and buy the lunches. And he knew I didn't have much, but much money. And he'd always slide me a couple hundred bucks. And, you know, Randy was kind of like that old, older brother for me that like always looked out, but in front of everyone, he had to let, he had to let them know that like, I'm not giving him no, no, no treatment. You know, he's not close, but you know, that was part of the, the game of, of entering the Patriots that year. I mean, you know, so I'm very thankful for having Randy and, and hey, hey Randy, why did you never show that soft side? How come the well, public never saw that? Well, well, I, I think it's well when you when you understand, you know, me becoming a Patriot, Jim, and uh, you know, you always hear about the Patriot way. I mean, I was I was kind of stubborn before I became a Patriot, you know. So I just I just, <laughs> I, I, I really I really do and I just, talking football for a second, guys. I would really like to know, as far as our preparation, guys, uh, Tom, Julian, a lot of people throughout the course of your career, Tom, as a Patriot, Julian, you as a Patriot, me, of course, as a Patriot, the things that we made look easy. And I would like to, you know, like to hear from both of you guys about our preparation. Tom, our Saturday night meetings with what mistakes we made during the week that you made sure if you seen me, that I messed up two or three times this week, it's on the film. Julian, if you mess up two or three times during the week, it's on the film. I would just like to hear from you guys about the preparation because all the success that we had, all the success that you guys had after me, a lot of people just thought it was easy. But talk about just the preparation and the practice and how hard that was, guys. I think the important thing I always felt like a quarterback was accountability to the organization and certainly to like hold myself to a really high standard. And if I didn't, I was letting my teammates down. But if I did that, I could always hold them to a very high standard as well. I didn't want to ever let you down. So that means I had to really work really hard to make sure that when Randy was open, I got him the ball. We would do Saturday night meetings before the game and I'd go through every, every play of the week in practice and I'd make my own cut up. And I would sit down with all the skill players, the, the receivers, the tight ends, and the running backs, who I communicated with a lot. And, I, and we'd go through the things that we did well and a few of the things that we – I wanted to make sure that if it came up again in some form, that we were going to get it right. And I think those night meetings where it was a really an accountability meeting from all of us, me to them, them to me, us looking at each other in the face. There were no coaches in there. There was nobody. It was us making sure we were good. Because at the end of the day, we're the ones that make the plays. We're on the field doing it. You can get some instruction, but at the end of the day, I got the ball. I'm, I, I'm in control. When I throw it to Randy, I'm saying, Randy, this, this whole organization is going your way. You're right? Was it, Julian, when I throw that ball to you and you turn in, like I'm throwing it because you're turning in, right? Yeah, Tom, I'm going to turn. If I get this look, I'm turning in. It would come up in the game. He'd turn in, I'd slam on that ball on his chest, he'd catch it. On TV, it would look like, oh, man, like uh, easy easy first down completion. But Julian and I had talked about that in practice that week, saying, if we get this look, you got to turn in. Because if Julian turned out, that guy could knock the ball away, the ball's knocked away. And all these little nuances to every bit of football that we played on the game, even when I still watch, everything was thought about. Every single detail was thought about. And a guy 
like I could, I wanted to play with Julian and Randy because they would take those things and embrace them and go, great. One of the things I always <laughs> talk about with the Patriot way and, and when we used to practice, Bill and the coaches were kind of, they were Congress. They would let, they would, they would make the laws. And Tommy and Randy and the Vrabels and the Kevin Falks and the Troy Browns and the West Welkers, they were the fucking sheriffs out there policing the goddamn laws. So the coaches never did anything. The accountability came from the guys because you didn't want to be on the end of the joke. You didn't want to be on the end of something if you didn't do your job because it embarrassed you. And, you know, the defensive guys would see it. And then you're walking down the goddamn hallway and, you know, you're hearing the coaching point from the defensive guy making fun of you because you didn't do your job right. And that's what it was. I, I didn't like not like practice, but it was so fucking hard. Yeah. When you have to. And it was so mentally taxing. They were evaluating everything. They were watching us stretch to see who was stretching. Right. Who's doing the goddamn <laughs> dynamic warm up right? Right. You know, of course, Randy's <laughs> over with the defense with fucking Big V over here talking. <laughs> but you liked practice. You always had something, but it was it, it it wore on you. Jim Gray, along with Tom Brady, we're joined by Randy Moss and Julian Edelman. Let's go is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila is brought to you by those who drink it. Tom, um, these are really going to be your first public verbal comments. Uh, we saw a statement that you released about Bill Belichick leaving the Patriots after 24 years, six Super Bowls, uh, nine conference championships. You've had a few days now to digest this. What are your thoughts right now on, on him as he now wants to embark on perhaps another mission and what he's already accomplished? Well, I, part of what I alluded to, what I said last week was, and I think we're all better players for having him as our coach. And I think there was a level of accountability and discipline that he had that maybe we didn't always want to hear it. But in the end, when we reflect back, we're happy that we did hear it and that we went through it. And I think a lot of coaches are fearful of disciplining players these days because players have social media presence. And if they don't like it or hear their feelings, you know, they can lash back out. And then it becomes a popularity contest between the players and the coaches. But I'd say one thing that was great about Coach Belichick, he never had that fear. You know, he was going to – he was going to tell you what he thought the truth was, even though we may have, you know, all disagreed a little bit at times to what that truth really was. There was no fear in his mind of correcting. And I think when you grow up coaching a guy like Lawrence Taylor, you know, and we had LT on our program, like, you know, you realize that as a, as a coach, man, if you're going to get a, your, your point across, you better come across confident. You better come across prepared. And I think then you coach a Randy Moss, first ballot Hall of Famer. Then you coach Tom Brady and you coach – some incredible players that he did. I, he, he had a way about him that he was there and, and everyone saw his work ethic too. So we all knew that it came from a place, a very educated place too. Like I respected his work ethic so much because I knew he was combing through every single bit of film every single week to try to put us in a, in a position to succeed. So when someone critiques you, okay, I'll, I'll embrace that. Now, if you're not putting the work in and you're critiquing me, eh, may not listen to it. But I think we all respected the work ethic. Therefore, we took the coaching. And then, and as Julian said, the great part is when we felt the, the success that we had as a team, we could really push each other too. And I think when you look at culture, and people use that a lot, and culture drivers, people that drive the culture, like culture is discipline and accountability. And it, because 
without that, you have so many people with different agendas. And in any team where you have multiple agendas and the, the main agenda should always be, how do we win as a team? You know, not as how do I grow my own, you know, and it's difficult for players, especially now, because there's so much individual attention they can get. So I think my point in saying with, with coach Belichick is I'm, you know, I obviously express my gratitude toward him a lot um, as I should. And whatever he chooses to do, I'm sure he'll go at it 100% like he always has. I'm sure this year, you know, he was going at it as hard as he could as, as he always had. But it, it also goes to show you, you need a lot of things in different places in all these organizations to be successful too. If I'm looking at the remaining teams, the Niners, the Ravens, the Packers, there's good coaches, there's good quarterbacks, good defenses, good players, guys played well, like – that's why we love the team. That's why we love the team sport. You can't blame a loss on one coach yesterday. You can't blame a whole loss on one. There was there was team giving up 45 points and, and you know, quarterbacks throwing interceptions for touchdowns. Yeah, everybody's responsible. That's the point. We're all in it together, man. And when we win, it's amazing. And when we lose, we're all in it together. And that's what I think that was all about. That's why, again, playing with these guys, man, that's what it was all about. We we suffered together, you know, and we and we embrace each other and we celebrated together a lot too. And that's that when we look back on our life, that's what we're most proud of. Did I, I just think hear I, you say Belichick's going to the Cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that what I just heard? I don't know. This is you probably have better information being in the media like you are than Oh. So you tell me, where do you think he's gonna go? I don't know. There's still there's still a couple more games out, isn't there? Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting, but you know, I, I love Coach Belichick. You know, I wouldn't be here in in my 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 little room here doing podcasts, talking to some of the two greatest football players ever played the game if it wasn't for Coach Belichick taking a shot on you know giving me an opportunity. And you know, I was a guy that relish or flourished off of tough love. I needed that, um, so it was like the perfect place for me. Uh, yeah, he was tough. Yeah, you hated him. Yes, he was a fucking asshole, but he made you better. He coached everyone a little different because he, he felt certain people needed certain things to make them play better. I was one, I was in that category where, you know, you didn't get that love. It was, it was like the better you did, the more shade he would give you just to show the other 53 guys, you know, the, the 43rd, the 53rd guy in the team that everyone's up on the table. If you're, if, if you ain't doing your job, um, you never, you never felt the game. You were out prepared. Never, not once in my career, <clears throat> you know, that that's a product of coach Belichick and Tom having Tom at quarterback felt like you're going to win every, every game we played in. Uh, and, that, and I don't think that could be said uh, with other coaches or other teams. Um, and, and you know, I love Coach, and I, I wish him the best. I hope he gets the record, so I can put on my resume. I play with you know the best Great receiver it. of all time. I, I play with the best quarterback of all time, and, and I, I play with the best football coach of all time. So, you know, yeah. I, I'm just over here. This is all like uh, house money for me. <laughs> real, real quick for me. I mean, it, it's it's like Tom just mentions Lawrence Taylor. Um, and then you have three of the NFL's all-time great players and the go to Tom. Julian's an all-time great future Hall of Famer. 
and then myself. And one thing we have in common is being able to be coached by by Bill Belichick. I call him the greatest coach to ever do it. And the reason why is the quick stories that you heard from from the two of the two of them. I just think that when you have a guy to be able to bring the greatness out of great players, that speaks a lot. That's what Bill Belichick was able to do for the his whole career. So, like Julian said, I wish him the best on what he does, but I do want him to get that record. That I think that's that's as important to me. Like Julian said, I've, I've been coached by the greatest football coach that this game has ever seen. I want him to get the record. Best of luck to him, though. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, one quick funny story, if you each have it, about uh, Coach Belichick uh, and, and Julian, perhaps a, an imitation or two. You're, you're renowned and, and famous well, for that. I'm terrible at impressions, Jim. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the, only, the only thing that the best interactions I ever had with him, and he'd always come up to me before the game and he'd want to check on the weather. And he would always say, like, you know, what do you think? And I'd always say, it's a good day to throw the football. And he would always look at me and just shake his head. It could have been 20, it could have been 20 degrees and 15 mile an hour winds. And I'd say, oh, it's a pretty good day to throw the football. And he'd be like, Jesus, you know, it's always fucking shit. It's always the way you fucking comment. So those look, were Tom. It's fucking 20 mile an hour winds right now. You're telling me it's a good day to fucking throw the football? I know. Yeah. I know. No, I don't, I, I don't really don't have been. I, I just, I was just in all gym, fellas. Um, you know, Tom is just more of me hanging up on him, Jim, um, on uh, draft day of me, of them inquiring me from the from the Raiders. Uh, but if there's one memory I really take, I remember us in 07 and stretch. And uh, Jim, I signed a one year deal <clears throat> with the Patriots and uh, I think it was like week six or seven. We're in stretch line and Bill's walking around me. So I get nervous because now he's uh, he's really in my space and i'm like okay am i in trouble and then he just whispers to me uh when do i want to talk about renegotiating and i told bill i said bill are you kidding me right now i said we're not we're not gonna fucking talk about no no contract that right now we're sitting here undefeated i said coach we'll save that for the end of the season he gave me a smirky grin, and I think by that time, I really didn't know him. Now that I kind of know him a little bit, that was his way of saying, you're my type of guy. So it was just like one of those surreal moments, man. I got to play uh, with Tom, play with Edelman, coached by the greatest in Belichick. And, man, like I say, man, Jim, thanks for having me on, Tom. Thanks for me having me thanks, on, man. Babe. Good to see you. Thank, thank, see thank you, too. Randy. Randy, we got to ask you before you went. You got must. Have you ever gotten must? Uh, I nah. don't, to, to my recollection, Jim, I don't think so. I think that no. that's my slogan. So, uh, I think I'll stick by that. I don't think so. Where's the part about my story? We're we, we closing this thing off. Where's my story? Go ahead. No, Jim. I'll get a quick one. We're sitting there and every off season, we'd have some inspirational thing from Bill. Fucking Bill would have, you know, a coach come in, talk. He'd have like a 45 minute presentation on greatness. This guy lays out a, an hour-long presentation on why Tiger Woods is Tiger fucking Woods. He's sitting there. This guy's out. You you guys are over in Vegas in the offseason. This guy's fucking hitting his seven iron. He's at the greens putting. And like three weeks later, the whole Tiger saga came out, right? <laughs> three weeks later, the whole Tiger saga comes out. Randy 
as soon as it came out, was we're in stretch lines and Bill walking around. He got his little whistle and he's whistling or doing his little whistle twirl. And all of a sudden, you hear in the out of the out of left field, "Hey, Bill! Hey, Bill!" <laughs> and you see Randy, or you see uh, you see Belichick. He just shakes his head like he knew exactly what it was. How about Tiger fucking Webb? Whole team starts dying. Whole team's going crazy. That's my last story. Uh, Belichick got mossed. He got mossed. Belichick got mossed. As we wrap this up, I would just say this in closing to the fans. It's just a guy who's covered sports and, and loves sports. Bill Belichick was really instructive to every person. Just do your job. That applies to me. Don't do the producer's job. Don't do the writer's job. Don't do the director's job. Do the interview. Do your job. So everybody can take from that and get better and fit into a team and know your place in a team and know how to coexist and operate. So, you know, there's a sadness, I think, for the fans and not the 31 other cities where he beat their brains in for 24 years, but there's just a sadness to the end of greatness. And that's what you guys all represent. You guys represented a huge, huge portion of that. So thanks for joining us, and uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks, Tommy. Yeah, wrap it up. Yeah, absolutely. You guys. Yeah, and obviously thanks to my two, my great friends who you know they know I got their back for the rest of their life. So thanks, fellas, for coming on. Love you guys, and I can't wait to see you soon. Hey, those well, guys so- are something, Tom. A lot of great memories with them, and great plays that the public will never forget. Yeah, not only that, but just how they were as teammates and their the way they brought their energy to practice every day made it, made it great for me. So I've been surrounded by some amazing teammates over the years. You got to see two of them right there and you could see why we had so much fun. And I always hate when people say the Patriot way, it sounds like the, the title of a book, you know, I never used it, but really all it was, was, was really great people committed to one another that were trying to do the right thing for each other to try to go out there and, 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 and give it our best for our fans and our community and each other. Tommy, have a great week, and we will talk to you next week right here on Let's Go. It's going to be a fun weekend once again with all these playoff games. Absolutely. That's the great Tom Brady. Joins us every week right here on Let's Go. We're brought to you by Chevron. Progress requires tackling today's needs while keeping an eye down the field. Chevron is working to deploy carbon capture technology today while aiming to increase their production for renewable fuels for the future. That's energy in progress. Chevron. For the full unedited version of our interview with Julian Edelman and Randy Moss, search Let's Go wherever you get your podcasts or listen to the Sirius XM app. want to thank our terrific producer, Dave the Snake Hagen, and our sponsors, Delta Airlines, American Express, K Jewelers, Casamigos Tequila, Chevron, TB12 Sports, Morton's The Steakhouse, and Golden Nugget Hotel and Casino. Let's Go with Tom Brady and Larry Fitzgerald was produced by 199 Productions in collaboration with Scratchy Productions and Shadow Lion. You can listen to the full version of Let's Go every week on the SiriusXM app, included with all SiriusXM trials and popular plans. Just search Let's Go. Thanks to Julian Edelman and Randy Moss. I'm Jim Gray. Thanks so much for joining us. And we will talk to you again next week right here on Let's Go on Sirius XM.
SiriusXM Podcasts.